Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Thursday edition, Pro Football Talk Live, NBCSN, Sirius XM 211, Sky Sports. Hello to our friends in the UK and in Ireland. Hopefully there was no language that slipped through the cracks during our last break because Chris is getting upset again. Technological issues resurface. Chris, you only live five minutes away from the studio. Just get in your Tesla and drive over there. I, I've asked. I, I'm in full transparency. I asked earlier this week. But I've been told that I don't think I'm going to be able to go back into the studio until we get done with our break in July. And then that's when I'm going to get to go back on. I can't wait because I'm so sick of the damn iPad and the cell phone. And I don't know. The iPads work great for the last three weeks. I haven't had one glitch. All of a sudden, we get to the end of the show yesterday and the start today. And I don't know. I can't see anything but myself. And I don't want to look at myself. And it's, yeah, it's uh, pissing me off. I'm sorry. Well, maybe the sign is that instead of an iPad, you should use a Surface manufactured by our friends at Microsoft. And without further ado, let's get into the topics for hour number two of the program here on PFT Live. Let's do a little fill in the blank. Now that we are more than halfway through the top 40 quarterback countdown, let's reflect on the first half. The bottom 20. Although, hey, it's better to be in the bottom 20 than not on the list at all. couple of fill-in-the-blank topics as it relates to those guys who were in the back half of the countdown. The hardest quarterback to rank was who, Chris? Ooh, I think that I would give that award to Taysom Hill. Uh, I, that was that to me. And, and on my list, he's number 36. But, again, we know what type of athlete and weapon he is. And he's very special that way. You know, quarterback play and projecting how he would be if he had to play, a, you know, a, a, a big number of snaps or a certain number of games. You know, yeah, we're, we're going on preseason film. We're going on a few plays that we see, you know, spotty, you know, every few games in, in, in the regular season. 
And of course, he hasn't had a long stint or a long period of time and experience, you know, playing in the NFL right now. So to me, that was one of the harder ones because he has big time talent. I think you and I both see that. We know he's being coached by Sean Payton, which is a good thing as well. So he's obviously smart and capable of making decisions and running the offense. But still, it's zero touchdown passes career in the regular season in the NFL. And it's a minimal number of attempts. So he was one of the tougher ones, I think, for sure. And for me, I, I and I didn't do the rankings, but I think the hardest guys, and, and this is taking your Taysom Hill point and broadening it, at least we've seen Taysom Hill in an NFL uniform. We've seen him on an NFL field. We have the sense that he can at least pass the eyeball test. The guys who have never played in the NFL, how can you even begin to project where they're going to fit? And you've got three of them, if I'm not incorrect, and there's a chance I am. Tua Tonga-Vailoa was at 40. Justin Herbert was in the 30s. And you had Joe Burrow in the mid-20s. I don't sure. know how you begin to do that when you don't have any sample size, any body of work, anything to give you confidence as to where those guys are going to fit relative to guys who have been in the league and who have shown they can do it. Yeah, no, I know. That's the tough part. And, you know, hopefully that's where, you know, the, the, the things I've learned throughout the years, growing up in the sport, being around it, being in it, uh, I hope to be able to lean on that type of knowledge to where I can project that. You know, again, I'll, I'll make the point here, too. The year Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, that year got done, and I made him, and he had only played that last regular season of the game, right, and the last regular season game of the year against the Denver Broncos. I made him a quarterback, like, in the high 20s, and people just lambasted me, like, you're crazy. He played one meaningless game. What are you talking about? And you know what I was crazy for? I was crazy that I didn't have him, like, 25 spots higher. So, again, you know, I, I know it's not always easy to do, but some of these guys I've seen enough, whether it's Jared Stidham, Herbert, Joe Burrow, guys like that, and I've been around enough to go, yeah, I know they haven't played in the NFL, but I know from college and being around quarterbacks my whole life that, you know, these guys are better than guys I didn't have on the list or guys that I have behind them. We'll see what happens when they do get to play. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a projection, some of them, no doubt about that. Let's flip it around then. The easiest quarterback to rank in the bottom 20 was who? Well, none of them are easy. I mean, that's what I really want to say. I want to be like, I mean, gosh, every one I'm sitting right. there painfully. Which was the, but, the, the least difficult? How about that? Yeah. The least difficult. You, you know, when I sit here and just look at the list and the one that I think I feel like I plugged in pretty easily, okay, really, and this is going to say, is Joe Burrow. I had no qualms about Joe Burrow. I got, you know, he was kind of in that territory, right, at number 26 where it was – Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick's, Teddy Bridgewater's of the of the NFL, those type of guys, you know, and I was kind of going, okay, what do I do here? You know, between 26 and and 28, you know, where does he land? But I, I just think so much of Joe Burrow and saw so many NFL type plays and throws from him last year at LSU. Uh, that that's that to me was actually not a hard rank for me. It was not. Uh, I, I, I felt pretty good about, you know, I think Joe Burrow is clearly one of the 32 best quarterbacks the day he steps into the NFL. So that actually did not was not that painful for me. You know, other ones that, you know, were somewhat easy or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, 
I, I guess I would look at like Nick Foles around 30 and things like that. It's kind of just fell into place. I always looked at Nick Foles as dancing around that NFL starter, NFL really awesome backup. I'm not sure, but Man, none of these are easy, Mike. I stress out about this. I still stress out, as you know, going into the the day of unveiling some of them. And every now and then, in full transparency, I think I've done it maybe twice so far out of the top 40, where, you know, I knew, okay, hey, I got this coming up. And as I start to flush it in my brain a little bit more, I text message Pete Dimolitolitis, like, hey, I might swap, you know, switch these two guys or or maybe just uh, reorder, you know, one guy. And I think I've done it twice so far, but it's it's not an easy exercise. It's definitely not. All right. I would say that Baker Mayfield would have been the easiest to rank just because he's at 21. He played last year as a guy who isn't a top 20 quarterback. So number 21, because there's hope they're going to turn it around in Cleveland and Mayfield will do the same thing if everything works the right way. And that leads to the next topic. If everything breaks right, the quarterback who could go the highest in the top 40 next year is who? Well, I look at Drew Locke as being one of those guys just because I think he's got phenomenal talent. All right. He, you know, he's got a big time arm. He can really like make special plays with his ability to deliver the football. He's a good athlete. And then, of course, the, the support system around him we know has improved greatly. Coaches, and personnel so that would be one guy to me that jumps off big time to where I go hey Drew Locke could be one of those guys that I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the top 10 next year or dancing around the top 10 in some capacity I'll tell you another guy that I think could be a riser that I believe in and I know I know we haven't seen him but Jared Stidham who I had in number 35 if I talk about any of the guys who I think can make a huge jump on this ranking as well, maybe he doesn't get in the top 10, but can make a really significant big jump. I do look at him as a guy as well. I think he's got everything to be really successful NFL quarterback. And again, he's being coached well. And I think he is plan A up there in New England. And they've improved their weaponry a little bit too. And of course, had some young guys who are going to be going into year two that should be improved as well. So those are two guys to me that, I look at that could be big risers next year. You know, we've talked about any of like, to me, the Baker Mayfield, the Daniel Jones, the Sam Darnold. I look at any of those three guys with big time potential to where, hey, they go out and, and play some clean football and make some plays. They could all be risers. But I think, you know, Stidham and Drew Locke are probably the two that jump out more to me than any. Who, who about who, who do you who jumps out to you? One name for me, Teddy Bridgewater at number 29, if everything breaks right. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got D.J. Moore. Joe Brady there with that understanding of the New Orleans Saints offense, doing the things with Bridgewater that Sean Payton did last year when Bridgewater was 5-0. and And I sure. think the expectations are low. There are still people who think Teddy Bridgewater is done dating back to that horrific knee injury from August of 2016. We have seen how he has improved. We have seen him play at a high level the offense, with enough help around him, designed in a way to take advantage of his strengths, minimize his weaknesses. I think Bridgewater could end up being a lot higher than number 29 by the time it's all said and done because the Panthers are just one of those one of those teams where, eh, we don't really expect all that much. And every once in a while, it seems like every year, there's one of those teams that, that has everything fall into place. And we yeah. say after the fact, we, boy, how did we not see that coming? All right, the least likely quarterback to fall. 
next year in the top 40 based on where he is now. The least likely to fall is who? Yeah, right. And I'm not going to pick, like, the guys up at, like, 35 or 36 or whatever like that. I, I'm going to try to get to some some – some guys or areas where we go, okay, that could be a significant fall or whatever it may be. But Daniel Jones at number 22 would be a guy that I would be shocked if he falls. I would be. I, I just saw too much consistency, you know, too many great decisions, too many great throws, toughness in the pocket. I know we talked about him the other day. His biggest issue is being too tough in the pocket, being too, you know, really, th this is why – like, if you listed problems a quarterback has in the NFL that are fixable, Daniel Jones' fumble problem is one of the easiest fixes there is out there. It's really, in a lot of ways, there's some positives. But the way how his size, his athletic ability, the fact that the ball really – he never loses control of the football, and he has a strong arm to make power-type throws. And, you know, he's obviously smart and has good work ethic and really – the fumble thing, Mike, in a lot of ways shows me a, a kid who's like, he's a good kid. He's trying to do what the coaches say. Hey, coach said go to one to two to three. And he's trying so hard to diagnose what's going on down the field that he's able to block out the mess within his, the pocket. But that'll be an easy thing for him, Mike, to go back and watch film and go, oh, okay, here, this is when I get a like, abort mission, abort mission. I need to get out of the pocket or do something or throw the ball away. He'll learn that. And he'll, you can practice that and do all of that. So I think Daniel Jones is a guy I look at, too. I don't expect him to fall. I expect him to rise. I'd be shocked if he falls. If they can in the control room, throw up the graphic of the 20, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw a dart at one here that I think is most likely to stay put. I, cool. I, I would – oh, boy. The least likely to fall, I would say, is Jared Goff. 24 is about as low as you go. As a guy True. making $33.5 million a year, it's only up from here. I'd be stunned if he's lower than that next year. And I'll tell you what, if he's lower than that next year, they better start figuring out who their next quarterback is going to be in L.A. Because if he's south of 25 as he gets deeper into this $33.5 million a year contract, that means you screwed up and it's time to abort. Yeah, I, it, that's fair. And, you know, I probably should have listed his name a little bit as like one of those guys that was the toughest to, to rank here in this. You know, because you can get a little clouded by the stats and the wins, right? Because we give the quarterback the wins. He gets all the wins. Aaron Donald and all those winner. great other – Yeah, he's a winner. All those other guys on Rams, hey, screw you guys. You've done nothing. And I'm saying this not to take a shot at Jared Goff or anybody like that, but just social media. And, yeah, that's what the people get on me about more than anything. And they point at, like, his record – or whatever he's done that way, or statistics. And, you know, to me, there's more to that. We could sit down and watch film of Jared Goff, and I'd go, look, here's my concerns. And I think people would sit there and go, yeah, I get what you're seeing now, Chris. That makes sense. But uh, it's tough sometimes to block out that outside noise of wins. And we saw him in a Super Bowl, and they've been relevant, and he's the quarterback. And sometimes we all fall in the trap of he must be awesome because their team has been relevant. I'd like to think that we saw him in a Super Bowl. What we saw in a Super Bowl would justify, I mean, three points for the Thank offense. You. And yeah. twice that play, that play twice. They Look, I, I don't want to go back and relitigate old issues, but my God, they ran the play in the first half and you didn't see Brandon Cooks. They had a half-hour halftime where undoubtedly at some point in that 30 minutes, they said, hey, when we use this last 
last half. It, it popped wide open. We're going to do it again. It's going to pop wide open. Brandon Cooks is going to be wide open. Why the hell did it take him so long to see Brandon Cooks? And then he doesn't deliver the ball. Championship throw, championship moment. It was Goff last year, Jimmy Garoppolo this year. That separates the winner from the not winner. You want to prove you're a winner, you got to make that winning throw when it's time to go win a Super Bowl. All right, it's time to take a break. Uh, when we return, Colin Kaepernick making an impact beyond the world of football. We'll tell you how when PFT Live resumes right after this. Having Cap on there and seeing how um, he's, he's supporting what we're doing um, and just kind of giving us advice on how to represent ourselves and how to represent um, the community um, was super cool. Uh, he's been on the front lines of it uh, for a long time now. So just his insight um, and just wisdom was was awesome to listen to. He had, uh, he had seven dudes on that call who were just sitting there, just, just silence when he talked. That was Minnesota Wild defenseman Matt Dumba. He was on Lunch Talk Live Monday with Mike Tirico, along with six other NF NHL players. They launched the Hockey Diversity Alliance, Dumba did. Colin Kaepernick spoke to the group, and that clearly made an impression on Dumba and his peers. Kaepernick continuing to find ways to help the cause beyond the world of football, in part because he's not in the world of football. Richard Sherman, the latest voice to join the chorus that – Colin Kaepernick deserves to be in the NFL. He said yesterday in a video conference with reporters, he can play at the highest level. He deserves a job. That's a foregone conclusion, Chris. Yeah. I, just, I, I think that, look, I, I just think the NFL is keeping its head low and its mouth shut and hoping that this just dies down. Like everything else, it just dies down. If you just, if you just don't acknowledge it, Everyone moves on to something else, and I just wonder whether or not this is something that people aren't going to move on to, if people are going to keep banging the drum, that if you truly want to show change, this is one of the things you have to do. You have to find a way to get Colin Kaepernick back in the league. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, there's an appetite for change that's that's bigger than anything I've seen in my lifetime, and that's it's justified. There's no doubt. We need change, and you're right. I don't know if players and fans – uh, especially the fans that are supporting, you know, what's going on as far as social injustices. I don't think they are going to stop banging the drum about this, this subject with Colin Kaepernick. And I mean, come on, of course he deserves to be in the NFL. That's, that's insane. The guy was like, you know, one of the most dangerous players in football, you know, and playing against the Seattle Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, they had more problems with him and stopping him and his ability than they did just with about anybody. So he is a special football player. He's certainly worthy, even though he hasn't played in three years, he's worthy of one of the 64 jobs at quarterback as far as starter or backup. And again, I think most importantly, and Mike, you've been at the forefront of this, the NFL ruined his life. They ruined his life and they owe it to him. And I do think it would go a long way to helping the cause to, you know, like you said yesterday, and we talked about getting him on a football team, certainly. We saw this last year most recently where a starting quarterback goes down early in the year, out for the season. Ben Roethlisberger done in week two, Cam Newton done in week two, and the teams always go next man up, next man up. They don't want to go out and bring in a Colin Kaepernick. That's how they've avoided it. Well, we've already got a guy who's ready to go who knows the offense. We just plug him in and we go. That may not cut it this year, Chris, to get back to what we talked about last hour with Bruce Arians keeping a quarterback possibly quarantined, something he's thinking about doing. If enough guys get injured and test positive for the coronavirus, at some point, 
Colin Kaepernick's going to be all you got. You're going to have to. It's going to be so glaring. If they are out there finding AAF and XFL rejects, all due respect, on the street to come in and fill these roster spots at quarterback and Kaepernick's phone still doesn't ring, there's going to be a point where it's even more laughable than it already is based upon what we've seen over the last three years. One last point very, very quickly. Ron Rivera, the Washington coach yesterday, did a video conference, and he said that he will support players who kneel for the anthem. Again, I think this is something that the owners need to be saying. And secondly, how do you do it? And look, I don't want to be overly critical of my peers in the media because I understand a press conference setting, there's a lot of, well, I'll, I'll defer to someone else who asked this question. How does nobody ask Ron Rivera, what are your feelings as a minority? What are your feelings on the name of your team? He needs to be on the record about that. Somebody needs to ask him, what do you think? about a team name that you work for that is a dictionary-defined slur. He hasn't been asked that question. Yesterday Whoa. was the perfect opportunity to do it. Right, Chris? Am I wrong? Am I no, wrong? No, you're not. You're not wrong. It's kind of like the 10,000-pound the elephant in the room, certainly. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear his answer. Legitimately, I would. Uh, I'm not so sure he wants to give an answer. That's a tough spot for him to be in there. It really is. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like to hear that, and someone does need to ask him. Well, maybe, maybe we'll try to find a way to present the question to him, although I may not like the answer. The answer – no, no, Ron's a great guy. Ron's a great, great coach. Great guy. And, and, and I just I, – it was an opportunity that was lost yesterday for him to not be asked that question, a simple question. And, and, it, and that's gotten lost in all this. Look, folks, if, if, if we're taking a stand against racism, it's, it's all races that experience it who aren't in the majority. And this is one thing that is glaring, and it's out there. And if we truly are changing – you look at what NASCAR did yesterday. No more Confederate flags at any NASCAR events. That's the kind of seismic shifting that we need to see. And I think the NFL, between Colin Kaepernick and the name of the Washington franchise, they're, they're looking like they are, be, they are leading from behind, as they often are accused of doing. All right, we're going to take a break. Up next on the Chris Sims quarterback top 40 countdown, number 17, a guy who coincidentally wears number 17. That probably wasn't one of the factors in the decision-making <laughs> process. But with Sims, who the hell knows? More PFT Live right after this. We know. I mean, you know, shoot. Oh, you should shoot, I'll tell you. I mean, shoot. I mean, shoot. Right, well, shoot. 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 I don't care if you hand it to me. It's kind of like, hey, shoot. I'd have been saying, shoot, shoot. I had no doubt. It was like, dead gummit. Shoot. We're going to, let's get better. Shoot. The defense stepped up big. I said, shoot. Let's go. Unlike Chris Sims, <laughs> Philip Rivers is watching Shoots Creek. Shoots Creek is how Philip Rivers Seriously. says it. Did you see that? Different photo. That was Chris when he committed to Tennessee a long time oh, ago when he was 17. That. There is number 17, Philip Rivers, on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. You've been complaining about the photo, the Roger Goodell evil twin brother photo, so they finally changed it. It's Chris Sims with his Tennessee hat, right? That's the Tennessee hat with the it mock is. turtleneck. Yes, I like that. Yes, the the fake UT, not the real UT. The real UT is the hook of horns. But, yeah, I'm sure the Tennessee fans love that, too. Me in that picture uh, with that hat on right before I'm going to spurn them, uh, you know, a few weeks later and, and change my mind. But I'll take that picture over the evil Roger Goodell picture any day of the week. Who ended up playing quarterback instead of you at Tennessee during that period of time? Oh, so – Oh, I can't. I'm going to blank on the name here. Um, ooh, what was I'm not T. Sure Martin there? Be, 
Uh, T. Martin was there. I'm sorry, my dogs are barking now too. I'm just not. I don't have enough issues going on at the house today. Now the dogs are your barking. Do, your, do, but, your dogs. Your dogs are mortified by your horrible lack of loyalty. Like if you're going to so, change from Tennessee to Texas, when are the dogs going to be swapped out for new ones? <laughs> you never know here in the Sims household. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, wait, what was your question? What did you ask again? Who was the quarterback that played during oh. the window that you would have been at Tennessee? I'm not going to remember what his name is right now. But, yes, T. Martin was there. He would have been there my freshman year still, too. It was a big reason I ended up changing the school. I had a hard time thinking, man, I'm in a red shirt. I'm not going to have a chance to compete and play. And Texas told me I would have that opportunity. And that was certainly a part of the reason that swayed me to, to change my mind and go to Texas as well. All right, Phillip Rivers is down from 12 to 17. I would have put him even lower, but I have this burning memory of seven interceptions in a pair of yeah. primetime games last year that just caused me to conclude it's over, it's done, and I didn't think anybody was going to offer him starter money. And frankly, $25 million for him, $25 million for Breeze, $25 million for Brady. Phillip Rivers should trade in his bolo tie for a ski mask with that deal, frankly. Now, look, prove me wrong. That's fine. And I love Phillip Rivers, but there's a point where it's done. And last year at times, it looked like it was done. We're going to do a little deja vu, though, of Phillip Rivers through the years to give you an idea of what the guy is capable of doing. The question is, will Father Time still allow him to do it now that like so many of the other quarterbacks in the NFL, 40 is coming. There's young Chris Sims with the Tennessee hat right before he threw it in the trash can. There's Phillip Rivers at number 17. And let's look at Phillip Rivers through the years, starting back when he was a backup to Drew Brees with the yeah, then San crazy. Diego Chargers sitting there on the bench watching Drew Brees get it done. Eventually, Rivers gets his chance, Chris, and he got it done for years in San Diego. Oh, he definitely did. And, I mean, you know, this play says it all. Hey, him him in the pocket, playing big, people around him, doesn't matter. He's going to push the ball down the field, make a big throw. I mean, that's what you like about – that's what you like about Phillip Rivers, Mike. And, you know, listen, you know, he will – he's still making a number of big-time plays. That's why he's not lower. You know, I have him at number 17. But the other thing is, Mike, when you really break him down – you know, he makes more plays than some of the guys that I have in front of him that we'll dive into next week. I mean, it's not even close, actually. But the carelessness with the football at times is, yeah, that made me dock him or dock him down a few just because that that's not good. You see, but You've seen yeah, him move see around it. a little gingerly there. He's playing that game with a torn ACL in the 2007 AFC Championship. Tough as hell. That's the first thing you talk about with him. I mean, still, at this age, fearless in the pocket. And again, you know, Mike, I think, you know, like we've talked about with Derek Carr a little today, with Phillip Rivers, I think we it's it's fair for us to say something like, hey, his offensive line has not been very good the last few years. He's had to carry and do a lot by himself. He did make it he did carry a team to a twelve and four record just two years ago. Yeah, last year I think there was too much on his shoulders at this point of his career. But I think with the Colts, offensive line better, team better overall, maybe really in general. Uh, I think there'll be less pressure and less on him on a week-by-week basis to carry the team. It's some big games in Kansas City, some comebacks. You saw one earlier from 2008. This is 2013, down in the fourth quarter. Twice connects to get the game back in the Chargers' reach. There's Lazarius Green with the long catch and run. And then down 38-34, to 24 seconds left. Phillip Rivers delivers again, Chris. 
Yeah, well, he's he's clutch. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I feel like, you know, Philip Rivers' whole career is like either, okay, watch out, they're on the comeback, or, hey, we got off to a slow start, and all of a sudden the Chargers have caught fire in the second half of the year, and they're one of the better football teams there is. And I think that's a lot because of Philip Rivers' attitude, leadership, toughness, you know, and just keeps pushing forward. And here's the night that the Chargers – made a serious case for the number one seed in 2018, went into right. Kansas City on a Thursday night. It was the touchdown to Mike Williams. Then here's the two-point conversion. Basically the same play. It's just the defender let Mike Williams break to the right with no one there. Chargers win. And, and you know, but for that loss to the Ravens, I think it was, on a Saturday late in the season, the Chargers would have been the one seed in 2018. The, they would have been playing playoff games at that 30,000-seat soccer stadium. Hilar- it would have been hilarious to see. And, you know, hey, Phillip Rivers has won a lot of football games. He's clutch. He's tough. He's still making plays. You know, we hope he can get some of these, you know, bad mistakes that we saw last year uh, and, and limit those with the Indianapolis Colts football team. And like I said, I think the support around him will be better to help him there. But he's still got fire. And, Mike, I think this, too. You know, I think there were some teams that were interested in Phillip Rivers legitimately this year when he became a free agent and it was clear that he was not going to be the Chargers quarterback anymore. And one, I, you know, listen, I think all teams are probably scared a little bit by like the turnover real day watch, but uh, just from people I've heard around the NFL, I think there was a lot of teams that were looking at that quarterback situation and go, man, Phillip Rivers can still come in here and move the ball and make things happen. You know, I think the Bucks, there was some interest there. The Tennessee Titans, we know there was some interest there. Of course, the Colts, uh, and, you know, I think that is because of, you know, what I've been saying. He still can can really make some things happen to change and, and dictate the pace of a football game. We'll just see if he can kind of, you know, squash that recklessness that you've talked about. That last play we saw on that pack, that was the one that spurred the 90-yard touchdown rant with Yannick Ngakwe last season that was a right. social media sensation during the year. He has recently spoken to reporters uh, recently as yesterday about the perception that he's washed up. Don't tell Philip Rivers he's washed up. Here's what he had to say about that. I think what may, may have aggravated me a little bit last year was, you know, uh, that I just couldn't play anymore. You know, when you, you heard that it, it bothered me because I wanted to go shoot, let's turn on the tape and, and watch all the good things. Yes. There were some, there were some bad plays last year. There were some certainly throws I want back and, and certainly some, very costly, you know, uh, uh, mistakes. Um, so, I, and I own up to all those, but I just think I, I, there was so much good, and and I, I still shoot. I, I had some throws last year that were probably as good as I've had in my whole career. He'd have been a hell of a bad guy in a western back in the seventies, wouldn't he have? Oh, he's. I, I mean, he's one of my favorite personalities in the NFL. And 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 Dad Gomet, Dad Gomet, he did make some <laughs> plays last year. He did, and he's right, and I think that's what team saw. I think that's what the Colts saw, and Frank Reich and Chris Ballard and company are just hoping that their team and the way they coach, they can reel him in a little bit to go, hey, Philip, you know, you don't need to just, you know, be crazy and throw the ball all over the field and do those type of things. We're we got a pretty good defense. We're gonna be able to run the ball. We'll protect you, and I think Frank Reich will be able to communicate that to him, and Philip Rivers will adjust very easily. Quick break. Peter King turned 64 yesterday. Joe Montana turned 64 today. In honor of one of them, we're doing a draft on the players who performed the best after 
they were traded to a new team, PFT Live, right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Happy birthday, Joe Montana, number 16, 64 years old today. And uh, there it is. There's the catch, the greatest play in Joe Montana's illustrious Hall of Fame, four-time Super Bowl winning history. So happy birthday to him. Eventually, a member of the Kansas Man. City Chiefs. So today's draft, boy, that was that was the most boring Super Bowl of all time. I was so excited for that game when they destroyed the Denver Broncos. And there he is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, talking to Steve Young getting it done, beating the 49ers in Kansas City and uh, Joe Montana. So, in honor of him and the fact that he was traded, not that he was better with the Chiefs than he was with the 49ers, but today's draft, guys who were traded and were better, better with their new team than they were with their when did it become team. that, you know, the better part? I mean, you know, when, how, when you Joe texted Montana last night, when you texted last night, what does that mean? And it was explained to you what it means. That's when it became that. That's well, exactly when play, it became that. Best players be, ever being traded was the original thing in lieu of Joe when, Montana. And it, was, and it was shifted to, I asked the question, best after traded? The answer was yes. You asked, what did that mean? It was explained to use it. Don't give me that crap now. Are you already throwing the towel? Is that what you're doing? No, Are you throwing I'm just the saying, towel? Because I, gotta, I'm just I saying, got enough I names like for both of us. I don't like that I don't like the explanation of any of it. But don't worry. I'm still going to whoop your butt in this draft. So let's go. All right. Since you're whining, I'll let you have the first pick. Well, I know. Since we're doing best players after being traded, okay, I think I have to lead that off with Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre, the first trade. I mean, Brett Favre was traded twice. Both kind of went good right after, but specifically the first time when he went from the Atlanta Falcons to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, come on. I mean, Brett Favre is an all-time great. He went to Green Bay. And, you know, had to sit on the bench for a little bit. Don Mikowski gets hurt. He comes in and see you, Don. You're no longer the magic man. There's a new magic man in town. And Brett Favre took over and then took, took control of the whole NFL. I mean, you could sit here and certainly argue Brett Favre was the best quarterback of the 90s. In fact, I don't even know if that's an argument. 
with the MVPs he won, the great plays, going to two Super Bowls. Of course, you know, winning one of them and losing an epic other one. Uh, and then just all the great years after that trade. I mean, that, that to me would probably be uh, th- that's a pretty special trade. Brett Favre is was one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the obvious first choice. Although John Elway may argue about best quarterback of the 90s. He won two. He won two. Troy Aikman may have an argument to make. He won three. That's it. Although, you're, you're exactly although, right. It's cl- it is. Although the who stats, is it? Actually, the stats, what would you who who would you take? I'd 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 go body of work, start to finish. Man, I'd I'd have to really go back and think about between Elway and Favre because yeah. Elway won two Super Bowls and he beat Favre right head to head. I I know it's it's just one out of forty six guys, but still. Elway yeah. versus Favre. Elway got the victory with the Elway copter move and all that. It'd be very close. It'd be very close. It would but, be. Uh, Favre, Favre had another whole decade, too, that Elway didn't. So uh, yeah, Favre's still yeah. pretty good. And, and he was never traded, so Elway's irrelevant here. I'm going to go with a guy that we already saw, that we already saw in uh, the, the B-roll earlier of Joe Montana, the guy standing next to him when the Chiefs were playing the 49ers, Steve Young. Steve Young yeah. traded by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back when Steve Young, who's he? He's the BYU guy that got the big contract with the LA Express with the USFL, and he's never going to see that money. That's who he was before he got traded to the 49ers. Then he became Steve Young. I mean, he did nothing before he got to the 49ers, and then he did everything after that. So that's an easy one for me. It was Brett Favre and then Steve Young. So I think we got the first two clearly out of the way. Now it gets more interesting. Well, I thought you were going to go with the guy we just talked about. I mean, Technically, John Elway, I want to make him my next pick. Is that okay? He did get traded from the Colts to the Broncos. You know, and, and th- th- that if we're going to stay within the rules of being, you know, best after the trade, Elway draws a line in the sand. I'm not playing for the Colts. I'm going to go play third base for the Yankees. Of course, the Colts eventually cave. They trade him to the Denver Broncos. And the rest is history. I mean, Elway was a superstar from pretty much get-go there in Denver. I mean, he's the, the face of that city, the face of that franchise, still is. And to me, certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen in, my, in person in my life or on TV or whatever it may be. I mean, the 80s, I don't care that he didn't win any Super Bowls. It's a little bit like the LeBron James factor with John Elway. He brought some teams to the Super Bowl that I don't think really had a business being there, but they were there because he was so damn good he was capable of, you know, overcoming that and, 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 you know, bringing their team through some clutch moments. So Elway with five Super Bowl appearances after the trade, winning two of them, all the great things. I'm, I'm going with John Elway as my second pick. Yeah. Now, look, the lawyer in me would argue that the yeah. explanation <laughs> look, that, that, after, that, that best after being traded implies there was actually something before traded not just yes. traded right out of the gates, never played right. for the team. It implies you actually played for the team. So so mini challenge flag, not the full-blown challenge flag, mini challenge flag on that one. But either way, you can have Elway. I'll take Marshall Falk because Marshall Falk was good for the Colts, but he was great with the Rams. And I remember yeah. at the time that trade went down, I thought, man, that is a steal for the Rams. How, what are the Colts thinking? And, and he had, and look, Peyton Manning had just gotten there in 1998 and, uh, and goodbye Marshall Falk. So, um, look, he, he ended up, and it was actually 1999, his first year with the Rams, who so had one year with, with Peyton Manning. But he was the NFL MVP, Hall of Famer, 
one of the key players in the greatest show-offs on turf. I mean, the greatest show on turf. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think he's he's in the Colts' ring of honor, but he was better with the Rams than he was with the Colts. So give me Marshall yeah. Falk. Good, good pick by you. Really, really is. I mean, I mean, Marshall Falk was, yeah, I was between him and Elway for that next one. But, I mean, come on, he won an MVP with the Rams. He was special. They built that offense, and a lot of what they did successfully was because of his ability to run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he's definitely one of the best running backs I've seen in my lifetime as well. Man, there's so many good ones to pick, pick uh, from here. I think the one, though, that I, which I didn't even know this, full transparency, okay, but I, when I saw it, I was shocked doing my research for this, Steve Largent. You know, I didn't realize Steve Largent was drafted by the Houston Oilers. I had no idea. But then was traded during training camp for an eighth-round pick, and then Steve Largent goes on and, you know, ultimately for the Seattle Seahawks, was the all-time receptions leader in the history of the NFL. He went to... Seven Pro Bowls. I mean, uh, most yards and touchdowns. All-time leader when he retired. I mean, that, that, that to me is pretty damn good. So I know he didn't really play a lot for Houston. Either way, he was traded. And after that trade, Mr. Lawyer, he had a Hall of Fame career. I don't think he was ever on a regular season roster with the Houston no, Oilers. He wasn't. So it's kind of in the same category as John Elway. I'm going with a guy who was traded twice and who was better after the second trade. And he was traded back to the team that traded him in the first place. Fran Tarkenden with the Vikings, 1961 to 67, traded to your New York Giants, who then eventually traded him back. And it was three Super Bowls for Fran Tarkenden once he returned to the Minnesota Vikings in the 70s, the cornerstone of of a team that was close but no cigar all too many times. So give me Fran Tarkenden. I I knew I could sandbag that one until the very end. Yeah, I did not have that. You know, but here's some other ones that I like. Mike Haynes, remember Mike Haynes being traded from the Patriots to the Raiders? They went on to win the Super Bowl. That was one of the best cornerback duos in football. I mean, Jerome Bettis, Randy Moss were on my list. Um Marshawn Lynch would be another one. Uh, yep. th- those were some of the biggest names I had that, you know, we didn't get to here in the draft. One other guy who was traded, who comes up on the show from time to time, Paul Krause, the deep safety who didn't get over to help Nate Wright in the, sh- and I know that if I talk about it long enough, it's going to come up again. And I really don't want it to, but Paul Krause, the all time interception leader still to this day, traded by Washington to the Minnesota Vikings. And if only he had, had truly been playing deep safety and gotten over to assist. And maybe, maybe that, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, uh, enough, gosh. enough of Get what happened it. on December 28th of 1975. I thought if I talked about it long enough, they'd press the button. They didn't. We're going to take a break. Thank God. More PFT Live right after this. Hey, everyone. Last week, we heard about an unfortunate incident in Tampa where a fire burned down a high school storage shed full of their team's football equipment. Sadly, they lost it all. Well, the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation and my new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are all about helping youth reach their full potential. So we're gonna do just that. To the Blake High School Yellow Jackets, you're getting a brand new storage unit and new football equipment to replace everything that was lost courtesy of our foundation and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Foundation. So keep working hard this summer, stay active, and stay healthy. And my new teammates and I are looking forward to seeing you soon. 
great stuff from Rob Gronkowski. Good deed by him and the Buccaneers. Remember last year we joked about how Gronk should be in a reboot of the Terminator? I think he just came from the audition. <laughs> yes, he would fit the Terminator perfectly. He would. And that's, I mean, a great cause. And, and it's the, the Tampa Bay community. I'm not shocked by it. The Buccaneers are very relevant and prevalent within that community. The fan base rallies around that organization. They will be very proud to have Gronk and Brady and the notoriety down there and be very appreciative of what the Bucks and Gronk do there. So really cool to see. And, you know, I'm not shocked. I know Gronk has a good heart. He, damn, he's a big kid himself. So he certainly can understand, you know, what that high school just had to go through. It was jarring to see him with a Buccaneers logo on his shirt. It's I'm weird. not going to be able to get used to this. I mean, I know we've been down this road, Peyton Manning to the Broncos, Brett Favre to the Jets, and then to the Vikings. We've seen this. But between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, the first time we see the two of them in the Buccaneers uniform on the field together, that is going to be the strangest thing because we've done it before with one. To have two of them make that transformation, it is just weird. Just seeing that flag on his shirt, is just it's just it is very very strange and uh, very very happy time and development for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are now relevant again for the first time in a while, Chris, with both Brady and Gronk in the fold. Yeah, well, it's just so rare to see you know like you're talking about two legends from the same team and that team they came from is a legendary team who just gone through a legendary run for the last two decades. That's where it's just odd. I mean, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's about as strong as a team change as I've ever seen. I think it's, you know, bigger than Manning or Favre or those guys leaving just because of what was done, especially by Brady in New England. It is jarring still. I mean, when I think of New England, I literally think of like the Patriots logo on the helmet, Belichick and Brady's face. It's those three things that come to my mind and to have them playing for the Buccaneers is going to be fun to watch. That's it, Chris. Enjoy your long weekend. As always, we'll see everybody back here on Friday. Have a great day. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.